So here I am running this company that's way bigger than I ever could have imagined. Suddenly I feel permission to want it to be bigger because it's having a huge impact on my family. I'm seeing my husband really settle into his dream and following the path that he wants. My kids are getting this phenomenal education. Just so many good things are coming from my business that I realize that, hey, the next level isn't selfish. It isn't crazy. It's actually really cool. Welcome to CEO School. We're your hosts, Sanira Madani and Shannon Monson. And we believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue. And we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who have made it to the 2% club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so that you can do it too. You're a real business now. Class is officially in session. Hey everyone, welcome to the CEO School Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode to share the story of our co-founder, Shannon Monson. I know you guys have been following her for years on Instagram and online and know so much about her, but we're gonna go deeper into her founder story and to understand her why, why she created the icon method, how it all happened, the secret to her success, and of course, how she made it to the 2% Club. Shannon, this is so weird to like welcome you to our show. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to my own show. <laughs> I'm so excited. No, I was just saying to Sunny before we started recording, I've never really shared my story in this depth in this way. So I'm really excited. Uh, you know, if you've been following for years since my early Nutrition Simply days, or if you've just joined us as a CEO school um, friend, follower, entrepreneur, then I'm really excited. Hopefully you'll learn some things that you didn't know going into today and leave inspired. No, we, we all definitely will leave inspired. I will say that as a successful founder myself, I mean, I, I've been so impressed with everything that you've accomplished in the time that you accomplished it, defying every odd that has come your way. And I'm just so excited for everyone to kind of dig deeper because I know we all know you. We feel like we know you, right? I mean, we've watched you online for, we are, I mean, we are besties, <laughs> but you're besties with everyone. You always make everyone feel like we're, you, you, we can sit with you, that we're part of your club and that we're part of the tribe and we're part of the community. And that's really was, that's what drew me to, uh, to you. And I can't wait to even talk about how we became friends and how the business started and how this podcast started. So I can't wait to deep, like just go in. So I'm just going to get started. Shannon, how, where did it all begin? How did it all happen? I feel like to really understand my story, you need to understand how I was raised and how I grew up. And I grew up in the South outside of Atlanta in an Atlanta suburb, um, which in the, in the United States, if you're an American listening to this, the South is the Bible Belt. And so I grew up where all of my peers were Christian, went to, you know, everybody went to church. <laughs> and um, um, I grew up in a very conservative Mormon family. And the expectation I had for my life was that I would grow up, get married, have babies in that order, period, the end. Like that was where my story ended. 
And I think it's really interesting to think back on now because it's hilarious to think of a world where, you know, I wouldn't have a job, but I never grew up seeing that modeled. You know, my mom didn't work. My aunts didn't work. None of my friends' moms worked. I didn't see anybody having careers, let alone building massive companies and, you know, getting venture capital and doing all these things that you've done, Sunira. So it was never my dream really to do anything other than get married. So I got married the week that I after I graduated college, exactly seven days later. Did you know that? I did not. I have to stop you right now because I am dying. Even just you sharing that piece. Um, I didn't know that about you. Like I had no idea that that was kind of the, the background that you had. It's just so it's ludicrous to me. Like I grew up in a very different environment. So I actually grew up as a Muslim Pakistani girl, daughter of immigrants, but my parents were the complete opposite of what you imagine like Muslim parents to be with their daughters. Like my dad was like, go do everything. Like you've got this. And here you are, like, you don't even have, like, one female figure, not ever, like, to even look up to for work. To even have a job. To even have a job. Yeah, it's really interesting because we have a lot in common. My dad is the the grandson of immigrants. He was the first in his family to go to college. He was an entrepreneur, so very similar in that he really instilled confidence in us. And my dad always taught us how to do everything. He never wanted us to be in a place where we were dependent on a man. So I have four sisters. So he had five daughters. And I think wow. he knew seeing, you know, my mom's life and these the the women around him, I think he knew that he didn't want us to be dependent on a man, but it was always like, get an education in case, get a backup in case, you know, it was never plan A. It was always, in fact, I remember being in college and trying to decide what to study and having, you know, conversations with him. And I vividly remember a time where he said, you know, getting a degree in nutrition, that's a great mom job. You can work one day a week if you have to. Um, It's flexible. You're going to make good money. It's a great mom job. And so I chose a career based on what would be a good career if I had to work one day a week for four hours a day. I It didn't even occur to me to apply to the business school. I never thought of myself as smart or capable. I wasn't I was always um, getting accolades for being skinny and pretty, and it never even occurred to me to want anything else. And so I think that's something that a lot of people listening, unfortunately, can really resonate with, just being under underestimated, not seen or heard or valued um, for anything outside of, you know, are you beautiful? Are you um, funny? Are you fun to, you know, fun to be around? And unfortunately, women are told to, you know, sit still and look pretty and be quiet and in a corner. And that's something that I just never even imagined having a dream. Oh, my goodness. I just can't right now. I'm I'm, I have no words. Like I've, I'm usually crazy. never, I've never, I'm never at a loss of words. I'm at a loss of words. So, so how did, so you didn't grow up with that. You picked nutrition as a career just because you were like, this is a good mom job. And, and then you became a nutritionist. Yeah. So actually, no, I mean, I, um, my two oldest sisters didn't get married in college, which is a very normal thing to happen. Or my three oldest sisters. I was the fourth of the five girls. And my mom just really drilled it home to me. And I do think that it was coming from a place of love and that it's, you know, her, her she had a good life and she wanted me to have a good life in the way that she had. But she just, it was really drilled home to me that like I needed to find a man. I needed to get married uh, to be 
you know, valued. And in the the Mormon faith, having a family and um, having children is very valued and important in women that don't really don't fit into that plan as well. And it's something I know I've seen, you know, friends and family members struggle with. So I just grew up with this narrative that to have worth, I needed to have babies, like period, the end. So um, I was like on a mission to find a husband. <laughs> and um, I did like right under the wire. The week after I graduated, I got married and married an incredible man. And um, I really thought, okay, I, he was pre-med. He was on every scholarship imaginable, went to a, a full ride scholarship to Brigham Young University, which is a very hard school to get into. So here I'm going, like, I made it, right? I have a really smart husband who's going to be a doctor. I've made it in life. My dad is a really successful entrepreneur. I've got all the men in the world that I need to take care of me. And that was really how I, you know, walked into life thinking, poop, did it, got my college degree in case, and I, I have a man. And you were going to make babies, and that was going to be your job. I was going to make a lot of babies. In fact, <laughs> I remember I had a goal to have, I think, five kids before I turned 30. What? So I'm, you know what I'm dying right yes. now. I am so yes. dying. My goal, I think I talked about in the first episode, was to have like, I was like, oh, I'm 30. I just want to have one kid by 30. And a lot of my friends from college have five kids. I mean, it was very, it wasn't abnormal to graduate college with my, all my sister-in-laws graduated college with a baby. And so... By the like Mormon standard timeline, I was like just barely right on time. So um, after I graduated, we got married nine months later, I was pregnant. So we were not even married a full year and I was pregnant with our first child. We, um, my husband really wanted to work at the NIH before he did med medical school. So it was... I don't know what year did I graduate. Who knows? Doesn't matter. But the economy wasn't good, and he was trying to get a job at NIH. So we actually, on a leap of faith, we moved to Washington, D.C., just thinking there's tons of jobs. He's got to be able to get a job at the NIH. Well, we get there, and um, my sister helped us get an apartment. She lived there. Uh, we had a little bit of money in savings because he got all these grants from college. And I was actually writing, <laughs> this is hilarious, I was writing SEO articles to um, help you know, supplement our income, like getting paid $25 an hour. So we had, I don't know, maybe like $3,000 in the bank account. We're like, we can make it. Um, he didn't get a job. So I was like, okay. And, and I I, NIH is the National, National Inst Institutes of Health. of Health. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that for anyone wondering. Yeah. He's a super nerd. My husband's literally the smartest man that I've I ever met. I love it. He's the best. So he couldn't get a job. It was the, not a good economy. And I had actually gotten certified as a personal trainer in college because I played college volleyball, something I'd always loved. And so I walked into a physical therapy clinic that was hiring. I said, Hey, I'm a personal trainer. I can do this job. Uh, I'd be great. Here's why I'd be great. And they gave me the job. And two days into the job, they actually said, uh, I overheard them talking about how they needed an office manager. And I said, hey, are you looking for an office manager? I know someone who'd be great. And they said, who? I said, my husband. So I actually got him a job working at a front desk at a, at a physical therapy clinic. And I was working as a personal trainer. I am fully five, six months pregnant at this point. So I figure, okay, I've got it made. I got my husband a full-time job. I'm going to work until this baby comes. And then back to the original plan. Right. Yeah. You're, he's gonna he's gonna go to med school. He's gonna become a doctor, and you're gonna have babies. I'm gonna be taken care of. Yeah. 
So I remember this moment I had, and I don't know what fantasy world I was living in, but I, after I had my son, we brought him home from the hospital. And I remember this moment, he's sitting cradled in my legs. We're in a first floor apartment, so close. It literally shakes when the metro goes by in the backyard behind us. We had a piece of fabric on the floor as a rug because we couldn't afford anything. And I didn't want to walk on the hardwood floor. And I remember this moment where we're looking at the bank account, which there's still nothing in, and saying, how are we going to make rent next month? And we were literally in a low-income apartment, um, so it was already like government-subsidized rent to begin with, and... My husband said, I could go, I can get a job at night. I can deliver pizzas. I can get, you know, I did that in college. I can do it again. And he's just like such a doer, right? And I remember this moment where I realized that it was going to be up to me to create my own life and that I couldn't in good confidence just sit here and take from everybody around me. I was smart. I was capable. I had a college degree. I had a useful degree I hadn't started using yet as a dietitian. And why would I ask my amazing husband to work, you know, 70 hour weeks to barely make, make do when I believe that I could do this and I could do it really well. And, um, that's the moment I decided to go back to work. Um, I walked into a gym the next day cause that's the only you know, job I know knew how to do. Um, and I literally brought my baby with me. I had him, Noah, cradled in the car seat in the nook of my forearm. I walked into the gym two weeks postpartum and um, I said, hey, are you hiring? I think I'd be a great personal trainer. Here's why. I pitched myself. I was hired on the spot. And I went back to work two weeks after he was born as a personal trainer. And I, I really want to pause. Never... I want to pause. Yeah. I just want to give you love right now. I'm just, oh. I'm melting. I'm melting listening to this. And this is the first time I've ever heard this. So I know we've all been listening. We've all been following, but I've, this is just so incredible. Thank you so much for sharing one about your, the background. I know it's really, it's not easy for um, people to share stuff like that. Like it's, it's not easy. And I think it's um, really brave. And I'm just, I just want to hug that Shannon walking Aww. into that gym with a newborn. I want to hug her too. I, I, I want to hug her. I want to hug her and I want to tell her that it's going to be okay and that I'm so proud of her. So what happens next? Yeah, honestly, like I wish I could go back and talk to, I wish I could talk to her but because I can't. I can talk to all of you listening. And like if you feel like, if, if there's a life that you want that's out there, it's a, it's not only is it up to you to create it for yourself, but you're so capable. And Sunira, when I was listening to you talk to your, talk about your story and how you were looking for everyone else, I feel very similarly. You know, I was going to work until my husband got out of medical school. I was going to work until something else worked out for him in his, in his career. And mine was just a supplemental supportive. And honestly, it was that way for a really long time. So I worked as a personal trainer, nutritionist, and I kind of settled into the fact that, okay, I'm going to make enough to support myself, my family, until he finishes his career. And I remember this moment when it really started to pick up steam. So we'd moved again. He'd started medical school. And I'd gotten creative. I'd started, you know, posting things on Instagram. I had started doing things online. And I was doing pretty well. I mean, I went from, you know, as a personal trainer, you make anywhere between $30,000, a year, not a lot of money. I went from making that to making almost $60,000, $70,000. I was really good at my nutrition coaching. I was selling some meal plans on Instagram. I kind of felt like I was onto something. So you were, so, so you were, you were, you were booked out 
as a personal trainer doing personal training and then you were selling your meal plans to obviously the clients that you were serving and then you're like how can I reach more people so then you went on Instagram yeah, I went on Instagram. I saw an opportunity. I saw a lot of actually um, Mormon moms making a lot of money selling essential oils on Instagram. And I remember thinking, well, if they can do that selling somebody else's product, <laughs> I got to be able to do this selling my own, you know? And I was doing the math because in the gym, I would see people every 30 minutes, um, I would charge them $75 a session, but I would only get to take home about 18 of that. And so I remember thinking, okay, if I did this on my own and I see this many clients and then I also sell this many meal plans a day, you know, that, that starts to add up. And I could see that six figure mark. I could see how I could be a six figure dietitian. And in the wellness world, it is like a huge deal. I remember sitting on panels um, all through college that were six figure dietitians. It was an enigma. And, you know, to go from being this mom who was going back to work so that she could pay rent, so that we could keep our government subsidized apartment, to being a six figure dietitian with nobody else's help but my own. Like, no, I didn't have a husband supporting me. I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't have any family helping me out. And my family was like loving and supportive, but when it came down to paying the bills for myself, my husband and my baby and the second one on the way, it was, it was me. And so I was really proud of that and I was excited and, um, you know, things kind of started to snowball and pick up steam. And I remember the moment that it really switched from this side hustle that Shannon does to support her family to I don't know. I got a dream here that I'm really excited about. Um, so my two oldest sisters are complete badasses. And um, they. I watched my oldest sister. She graduated from college and she moved and she got a, a big girl job in D.C. And my other one moved to New York. And so I had watched. They're only th- you know four, five, six years older than me. But I'd watched them live this like career path. But what was really interesting was they weren't married. They didn't have kids. It was very much like what they were expected to do because they didn't have a family. And the narrative that I was always told was, you know, it's selfish to have both. In fact, I remember I dated, I was almost engaged to a guy that told me he thought it was selfish for a woman to go to graduate school. So I just always saw this dichotomy of, you know, you, 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 you choose, you choose either to be a successful female who's, you know, maybe a little bit selfish and just likes nice things or to be that loving stay at home mom. Like that was the narrative. So, um, anyways, I was being really successful doing this online thing. I really enjoyed it. I was good at it. I was learning how to build community and just connecting with these really cool women online. And I remember thinking this can't be a bad thing. Like it can't be, I'm changing these women's lives. They are healthier. They're happier. They're better moms. It can't be a bad thing. And so I kind of started to run with it and take it you know, take the next step. And I decided I was going to open a brick and mortar location. I was going to not work around nap times. I was going to have a proper office. I was going to do this thing right. And my dad um, worked in commercial real estate. So this is like his thing, right? Finding, I'd grown up listening to him talk, all your entrepreneur stories, I'd grown up listening to him talk about different types of commercial leasing space and location, location, location. And so I called him, I said, hey, will you come down to Augusta? We were living in Augusta. I want to start looking at retail space. And again, like my older sister at this time, she was like my biggest cheerleader. She was also in real estate in DC and she said, absolutely, like you, you definitely should be investing in your business. Um, you should, you know, if it's growing, invest money back into it. Because even my husband at the time, he 
couldn't see the vision. And I remember talking to him about um, how much it would cost to open a location. And, you know, you'd have to have a first month's rent, deposit, and you've got to pay for a security system and all these things. And I remember him saying to me, but Shannon, that is, you know, $1,500 a month, you wouldn't be paying yourself. And that is, you know, X amount of money that we couldn't, you know, put towards the kids and our family. And so I just didn't have people really on my team, it felt like. And even my dad, I remember him driving me around. This is one of the like last things that we did together before he passed. And I remember him driving me around saying, okay, this could be a location because of here. And you know, what's great about this lease is you could get out of it. We could negotiate this and this. And he turned to me and he said, but what about when Evan finishes? Are you still going to do all this when he finishes his school? Are you still going to keep running this business? I was livid. I I I went off. Like you can't yes, you can't I catch am. a break. You're like you're actually the you're, Evans in school. He's an office manager. Uh, and Evan, you're awesome, and you're almost a doctor. Well, now he's, he's not an office manager. Now he's just a med student. <laughs> yeah, he's still in school. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was still in school, uh, but Shannon is you're like full time. You're, you're taking clients. You're have a baby. You're have, you have another one on the way and you're working your second location. You're opening a location out, physical location, a brick and mortar store. And still I'm literally like, you can hear yeah. like that my fists right now. And everyone is still knocking you and saying that, when is this going? Like they still don't see it. Yeah, I, my sister, she is the reason I moved forward. I mean, she was my rock and she um, worked in finance. And so having her run the numbers with me and say, hey, this is really smart. And now, Sunira, it is hilarious to me. I mean, it was $1,100 a month in rent. I mean, it was so, so tiny in, in comparison to like what my business is now. And even at the time, I was making five to $10,000 a month in revenue from our online products with no overhead, you know, $1,100 a month for uh, office space is a pretty safe bet. And so I, I finally sat my husband down and I said, listen, I love you. And we are spending $250,000 that PS we don't have on your dream of being a doctor. And why can't we spend $10,000? We do have, I've earned on my dream. And like a light bulb shifted. And in that moment, he never looked back. He was like, you're right. I'm with you hundred percent. I will fight for you. I'll fight with you. He helped um, paint the walls in that office. He poured concrete countertops. He worked Saturday farmers markets with me. Nobody was a bigger cheerleader for me from that day forward than Evan Monson. But in that moment, I had to look at my family and essentially say, thank you for your beliefs and the values you taught me, but I don't agree that my place is in the home. And he had to look at his family and say, I choose her. You know, he had to look at his mom that was saying, shouldn't you, aren't you angry that she's not making dinner for you every night? And he had to say, no, I'm proud of her. And I think that was such a powerful moment for both of us to really choose this life together. And it's something I really relate to you listening. If your family doesn't, it wasn't that my family didn't love me. My family loves me so much. It's that they didn't ha share the same belief system that, that I'd grown to develop. And I think that it's hard when everybody's around you is saying, no, you can't, no, you shouldn't. Here's why. And it's been really cool to see, you know, 
we have a really big business now. We've I've built, uh, you know, I scaled it from zero to six figures very comfortably. It went from um, 30,000 to 200,000 in a year, took it from 200,000 to a million in uh, four years. And from, you know, one to three and a half, still going up very quickly. And I've done it all without, um, you know, without childcare in the beginning, with no, it, full, we fully funded the whole business from day one, never got into any debt. It's really cool what we've it been able so to accomplish. Cool. I'm so proud of you. It is so cool. And especially like when I hear your story, it's the complete opposite. It's like literally the complete opposite of mine. And it is such a, it's also a defying the odds story, right? Like every single person has said, no, like you literally had to fight battles with your own family. And I can't even imagine what that feels like. And I just want to say, for those of you listening, it is really hard to look somebody in the eye that you love and say, I love you too. Thank you for sharing your opinion with me, but this is my life and this is how I'm going to live it. And I think that's something that's really powerful about like taking back that ownership of, um, you know, it is your life and you are in ultimate control and it doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks about how you should live it. It ultimately, ultimately is up to you. You're the only one that has to wake up with your life every single day and your parents and your, your spouse and your kids and people who love you, they don't have to live your life. And I think that's something that's been really empowering for me to realize that it's my life. And if I'm going to live it, I want to do it in a way that feels so good to me. And so many, of you that are listening that are building companies you're building you're you're doing good in the world you know what i mean and just because someone's telling you no or to stop or that you shouldn't do it and here's why i mean honestly bullshit bullshit if you are making the world a better place with your business and your impacts and who are you not to do it and um, something that really helped me is kind of flipping the script. I, I use this with my husband all the time and we laugh about it now, but it was like, can you imagine my father telling my husband that, um, you know, he should be having dinner ready for me every night? Like what? <laughs> That's not a thing. And so I think as women, there's so much just inherent sexism that we play with every single day that we, it's okay to call it out and name it and name the shame and the feelings and the guilt that you're feeling and say, that's mom guilt. That's not real. That's not my driver of why I'm showing up every single day. So, okay. So here I am running this company that's way bigger than I ever could have imagined. Suddenly, I feel permission to want it to be bigger because it's having a huge impact on my family. I'm seeing my husband really settle into his dream and following the path that he wants. My kids are getting this phenomenal education. Just so many good things are coming from my business that I realize that, hey, the next level isn't selfish. It isn't crazy. It's actually really cool. And so I'd actually kind of been looking for, casually looking for a partner and someone to help me take this to the next level. Before, okay. So before we dive into that, I have a question, Chan. So something that I, I do want to dive into before we go into our story is, you know, you, you made it to that point, right? So you've got to the, the, the 2% club, right? So this fictitious club that we're calling it, what would you say are some defining things that got you there? So if you had to, again, pick the three things that, that you really um, credit your success to of getting there, what does, what is that? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. So the first thing, easy education. So I made it from day one when I started bringing my company online. I remember every single day I asked myself, okay, I'm, I need to post something to social media because I know social media is going to help me grow my company. And I would ask myself, is this something that I would text to a client? 
Would it make them smarter? Would it make them inspired? Would it help them get results? And if the answer was no, and I realized a lot of times the answer was no, it was just like cutesy fun things that I was doing. I didn't post it. And so I put everything through that filter of, is this making them smarter? Is it helping them take action? Is it inspiring? And just got really consistent about creating content every day. And notice I say consistent because it wasn't good content every day. I just posted every single day and really started studying content and what worked. So for those of you that are listening and trying to build your audience and figuring out what content is going to work and how to grow more followers, I think the best thing you can do is just ask, what are the problems that my ideal clients are struggling with or my real clients are struggling with? And how can I solve that for them with free content? So I got really, really good at content and finding out how to catch people's attention, how to make it easy to digest and how to actually genuinely help people with free content before they ever moved into paid content. And that's something to this day I credit with so much of my success. It, I, I have to... 100% give you credit here. Shannon, you're the queen of creating amazing content. Like I can, I think when I landed on your page, I had met, you know, we had met through friends and I became obsessed. Like I literally was like your, your captions, like you told a story so well that I just wanted more. I think a lot of people are afraid to like give it all away. And here's my, you know, um, my counter to that. If you're going to if you can give it all away in, you know, 30 second stories every single day or 2200 character captions, which is how many you get, you're not learning enough. You don't know enough. Your knowledge doesn't go deep enough. And I say that with so much love because I could get up and write every single day for the next 10 years and it wouldn't all be out of my brain yet. But it didn't start that way at the beginning of my career. You know, I didn't have, I was didn't have all that expertise and that knowledge. And so I think as long as you're studying and learning and becoming a better expert, you can't possibly give it all away for free. So content. So provide value and give content. What else? Okay. Number two is community. This is something that I think not enough people do. They're looking for customers, not community. So if you get a customer, then you get a dollar now. If you build a community, you get lifetime value. And I think so oftentimes we're looking for that short term. I'm so focused on, can I just get enough to pay my bills right now? I was in that place, so I get it. But when you're making decisions out of that place of scarcity, how can I just get paid right now? You're setting, you're shooting yourself in the foot, you know, instead of, and I remember I saw this in personal training all the time, the best salespeople, every single time a new person would walk in the door, they'd create a relationship with them. And then the second time they came in, they'd compliment them on their shirt. They'd ask about their dog. And then the third time they'd come, they'd come in, they'd say, hey, you know, I, I had a client actually cancel. Do you want to do a free session right now? And I remember watching these like best of the best salesmen that are just crushing it. And I'm this poor, broke personal trainer in the back. And I remember thinking, man, it'd be great if I had the time to do that, but I have to get paid right now. So I have to pitch them on the first session. And it's interesting because it's the exact same in the online world because I wasn't successful. I offered free sessions to people I didn't know and it didn't end in a sale. And it's not any different online. You know, you want to build community connections, relationships with people. And then when they're ready, when the time is right, when the product is right, it's going to turn into a sale. And so it's focusing on the human and the relationship, not the dollar. And I think that's the biggest shift. So it changes you from going from, you know, maybe leaving emojis to comments and replies to actually replying back and starting a conversation. It changes from, you know, someone says, hey, I'm interested to you dropping a sales link 
to going from, hey, well, tell me more about your business. You know, what are you struggling with? Oh, I would love to hear more about that. Tell me more. And it's just this massive shift because you make decisions from a place of curiosity and connection instead of conversion. And I think that's a huge piece that a lot of people struggle with. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that this is probably one of the biggest lessons for any business or any entrepreneur. It's so important building a community, whether that's a physical community, whether that's a digital community, whether that is even a community with your audience. It's so important. The empathy aspect, the real human connection, it really is. And you're a hundred percent right. I mean, every, like I can tell you, even right now at over 30,000 followers and we have a social media full-time person you and I still personally Looking respond to literally personally respond yeah. to our DMs every single day. Like it is so personal sending voice notes to people just to say hi, making those real connections. Um, something I definitely learned from you. So community. So community is so huge. I agree. What's the third? Okay. The third thing has been selling systems versus time. So I was Ooh. obviously a solopreneur, right? Oh, tell so me order- more. Yes. Okay. So if you want to get paid, I would say, okay, you can work with me at noon on Thursday and this is how much it costs. And when I made this shift to going from trading my time for dollars to here's a meal plan, here's an online course, here's a high ticket group coaching program, that's when everything changed. And I am actually obsessed with hacking my time because like I told you, my husband is still still in his medical training. We're still not done. Um, what is it? Been six years later, still, still on that path. So he doesn't have a lot of time. I have two little kids. And so I wanted to find a way that I could scale my impact, help more people. And honestly, I will be very honest. I'm very driven by money because I am the sole provider for my family. And I have been for nine and a half years. So I wanted my kids to go to private school and I wanted to drive a nice car and I wanted to be able to buy a house. And um, finding a way that I could hack my time to do those things without, you know, sacrificing my family at the at the expense. One on one, there's you're limited on your income. Exactly. Even if you, even if you charge ten thousand dollars for your service, it's still only so many that you can sell. You're as much it's not scalable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I really studied every single thing that there was to know about this world of online business and memberships and courses and digital downloads. I decided that I was going to become the absolute expert on this because I knew that this was a model that could get me to where I want to go. And something that I think is really interesting we've seen happen in the past, even just couple of months, the shift, it used to be that there was the world of online business and here was email marketing and online courses. And then there was the real world of business where, you know, people like you, Sanira, who have actual businesses and something really interesting has happened in that there's no such thing as online business and real world business and business as usual will never be business as usual again. Either you have a business with an online component or you don't have a business. And I never thought that we would say those words, but it's 2020. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. If you can't have virtual services that do not require you to physically be in a certain place, you don't have a business anymore. And that's something that I think has been so cool to see this the kind of colliding of worlds and the opportunity, you know, if if this is possible for me, uh, stay at home mom who never thought she was going to have to work (laughs) to be where I'm at today, still having the flexibility to spend time with my family and do these fun things. And, you know, all of these incredible opportunities. I took my kids to 
before this all happened, we went to Paris and flew first class and like been able to do all these really cool things. If, if I can do this, and it's not just me, we have literally hundreds of alumni that have six and seven figure digital downloads, online courses. I mean, selling independent play classes and meal plans and self-defense courses and activism courses in every single industry you could possibly imagine. Like this is so possible for you. And so I think those are the three things that I really did. Content, community, and building on- and online programs. I am so blown away. And I think that this online, I want to go further. I want to go deeper because I had no idea this whole online world existed. And you're absolutely right. There is no such thing as an online business or a a regular business or a real business, nope. right? And I think that's where this like perfect marriage of both of us came was I was running this business that it was online, but it's like Google online. It's not Instagram. It's not social online. It's online. We have a social presence, but it's not how we drive our income. Right. And you're running a business that's a hundred percent, a socially driven business. And you were teaching other women how to do it. Icon. If I would love for you to talk about what icon did, how many women you've helped. Yeah. I'm a teacher at heart and I knew that, okay, if I hacked this system, I figured this out. I can't be alone. I also knew the impact I was having was phenomenal. Like the number of women that were going through our nutrition programs before I started business, business coaching was amazing. I was getting DMS every single day from women saying that we changed their life. And I thought, okay, clearly there's a system here that I other women can do, other women that have phenomenal expertise in, you know, in independent play, in photography, in accounting, in all these other expertises that could really make an impact. And so I was always really impact driven. And I said, okay, how do I make this as templatized as possible so that as many women can win? And I was really obsessive about not my results, but making sure my members got results. And um, we started, I started with a mastermind. Um, I started to, you know, kind of create a program from it. And we developed this icon method. And we got to a point in the past year where we had- What does it stand for? Ideation, creation, optimization, and niche. So it's the whole process of going from an idea to a successful passive program. And we got to a point where we had over 170 of uh, like VIP high-level members. Um, over 100 had, had successfully created six-figure businesses, which is pretty impressive. We had, um, in the last two months, we've had our sixth member hit a seven-figure business with the Icon Method. And I remember realizing like, whoa, we're really onto something here. If this many women can get rinse and repeat results. And it was like clockwork, right? We'd have 10 people go through the program, eight wins. Like it was so insanely high compared to the industry standard where I would watch other people launch programs and try and teach this. And they would have two testimonials, the same people over and over again you'd hear about. And I remember seeing that we were taking all these regular smart women who also like to teach and turning them into six and seven figure entrepreneurs. And that's when I was like, okay, this is bigger than me. We're onto something. We have to make sure every woman has access to this. I need to find a team that can really help me scale this past what I know because my zone of genius is teaching. I can teach this all day long, but we've got, I need a team. I need help. I need support. We need to take this to the next level because if every single woman knew that they could sit in their living room and take home six a year doing what they love on their own schedule around their kids' time frame, 
the world would be a very different place. And we're on a mission to help every woman do that. It's so possible for you. And we're sitting on a panel, and I don't even know if you know this, but we're sitting on a panel and somebody asks about growing a team or something. And I remember you're sitting like right next to me, definitely less than six feet apart. And you said something to the effect of, you know, 50% of a watermelon is more than 50% of a grape. And you're giving advice to someone in the audience, but in that moment, I I realized like, I'm sitting next to my partner. Like, this is the woman. It's like a meet cute in a movie, right? I'm like, this is my new future business wife. And I remember I walked you back to your hotel. You were staying across the street. And um, I don't really remember what happened next to you, but I just remember you said something. And I was like, let's do it. I'm in. And that was, that was it. And now it's CEO school. It was actually that quick. So Shannon and I were friends for six months. We've been DM, but we spent a lot of time over those six months. It wasn't just a casual relationship. Uh, we, we would zoomed. our kids knew each other. Literally, they had play dates over Zoom. We were just talking nonstop about it. Was what was intriguing for for the both of us was I was really intrigued by learning about this online world, and Shannon was really in, intrigued by this air, like the business world, right? And so we would knowledge share, and we would just mastermind together on here's what I'm doing. And she was like, here's what you should do for your Instagram and how to grow this community, et cetera. So we were literally doing constant um, mind shares. And also it was just fun to like meet. We were, we were just friends and we would just bond over all this femme stuff. Like we're super, super feminist. Uh, very much also our mission was to help other women. So we were always tied to that mission, whether it was my vision separate, which was my handle used to be at Mom Boss, And so I was really focused on helping mompreneurs. And that's kind of where... Um, I was headed there and Shannon was focused on icon, but the whole premise was that we have it. Like we were always told that we can't have it all and we have it all. So how did we have it all? And how are we going to help other women to have it all? And that was always our individual missions. And so we were always bonded over that. And so we're with zoom calls, timeshare mastermind, and just spend countless hours. Um, Evan and Faisal would chat. Like literally we were became best friends over this six month journey. And of course I showed up for the conference. I was so excited to show up for the conference. I was so pumped to do it. And um, when I was on that stage and I told that story um, last episode where I was on the stage and I I was there to inspire the audience to dream big. And when I asked them that question of, you know, how many of you guys want to make, you know, uh, have a six figure business, every single one of them raised their hand and nobody raised, like I was like, put your hand down we need to be thinking bigger. Like none of you guys raised your hand to be at that seven figure mark. And that's when literally on stage, I, I vowed to with Shannon, I was like, we're going to bring 100 of you to the 2% club. And so it was in that moment, it was, I don't know what the, um, you know, I, I believe in kismet and charisma, like, uh, you know, like I believe in like the universe and the signs. And it just felt in that moment that that was a promise that I wanted to make on that stage because these women were so ambitious and so driven. And I've spoken at countless women's conferences before, but what I will say is that the community and that the audience that was there, they were so hungry. I've never met a group of more passionate women. So what is CEO school? What is our mission? How are we dropping episodes? Let's talk about that. The p- women that we're interviewing are going to be women that are already um, at that 2% mark or they're well on their way. We also are going to be sharing stories of real women that may not have massive audiences or um, online influence. Amen. Real women. Real women with authentic stories that have just built the most incredible businesses while defying every odd 
possible because it is so important to share those real stories. I think what's been missing in the podcast scene that we really want to highlight, it's the same people over and over again for every founder story. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to have really big names on here. We want to share those stories too, but we really want to highlight. they're amazing stories, but there's so many, like, you know, if Sunira had not started an Instagram account, what, two years ago, nobody would know about her on Instagram. And I think there's so many voices like hers that are smart women with actual knowledge, expertise, value that's going to help you get to the next level that they just don't have the platforms to share it. And so we're really asking you guys to like, let's grassroots effort this together, share it with your friends, send it to your entrepreneur groups, because we are not going the traditional podcast route. We are not bringing on the biggest guests with the biggest names and just sharing them over and over again. So we'll share about the podcast. We're going to focus on content first, community first, and we really want to make sure we're showing up for you, bringing you the actual best knowledge and expertise that's going to move the needle in your business. So like we really, really, we're asking you join us in this movement to join, to bring a hundred women to the 2% club, join us in this movement to bring the online and the real world business together. Cause it's not just online business, it's business. And we want to make sure that every single woman has these resources. So we'd ask you to share every single episode, text links to downloads to your friends, send them in group threads, just really get the word out because this is so possible for every single woman. And we believe we can change the world. We really do. And we can change the world. And it is really about inspiring all of you guys to get started and to scale. And it's really going to be the tactical takeaways. We're also going to be doing episodes uh, where we're going to pick a topic. It's going to be the audience votes, right? So you guys are going to tell us what are the topics that you guys want to hear, you want to learn about, what you want us to deep dive more into, a lot of leadership, a lot of development, um, and just fun topics like that we we don't talk about. I want to talk more about Mongil. I want to talk more about uh, defying the odds. I want to talk more about just all the shit that we don't get to talk about as women, right? The sexism, the um, the shit that goes on in the corporate world. Let's talk about those things. It's going to be driven by all of you. And Shannon and I are going to be hosting that every Wednesday. So Mondays, you're going to get um, a full episode with a successful founder, how they got there and what they did to get there so that you can learn from them as your mentors. And then on Wednesdays, uh, it'll be Shannon and I for Wind Down Wednesdays. So grab your drink. Um, It will be casual. It will be fun. It will be an awesome conversation that you don't want to miss. We can't wait to see you guys in the next few episodes. It's going to be an incredible journey. Thank you for joining us and we'll tune in next time. See you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us at CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes that you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building million dollar businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you absolutely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love the show, screenshot the review, and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. This episode is brought to you by The Icon Method. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, a designer, nutritionist, photographer, educator, and you feel like the only way to make more is to work more, this is for you. The Icon Method is our proven playbook to win back your time with passive income. It stands for ideation, creation, optimization, and niche. Here's the deal. We love running big businesses, but don't believe that your business should run you. 
And there is a way that you can take your years of expertise and experience and turn it into six and seven figure programs that can change lives in your sleep. Our Icon alumni are running best-selling online courses, membership sites, and digital downloads across every industry imaginable. And we want to show you how to. If you've ever thought about launching a passive program, or maybe you're just curious what this could look like for you, go right now to ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon. We have an incredible free guide taking you step-by-step through the whole process. This has been completely life-changing for so many women, and we want to invite you to dream bigger and expand your impact with this proven method. Again, that's ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon.